And if you would, please grab your Bibles with me. As we started off this year in 2019, we're saying our Bible pledge. Because I believe that the Word of God is the only thing that will ever transform any of us. And so as you put the, our covenant and our commitment up on the screen. If you have your Bibles, if you have your iPad, your iPhone, your LGs, your MMBBs, and all the other kind of phones that are out there. If you have your flip phone. Oh, sorry, you can't see the Bible on that flip phone. But whatever you might have, let's just proclaim it. You know, I was, I was on my way to church, stopped at Circle K on 91. As I was pumping gas, I looked across the street, and I saw a man and his wife get out of their cars. They were going to that church there on 91, and he grabbed his Bible, and he stuck it underneath there. And I just stood as I watched him walk proud because he had the Word of God in his hand. Isn't that exciting? You know what, church? There might come a time when we may not have the Word of God. And we've got to embrace the Word of God. So if you have it, hold it up, and we're going to say this together. This is my Bible, God's holy Word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet. And a light into my path, I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Hallelujah. Thank you for the hope we have in God's holy word. Today I'm going to be talking to you about breakthroughs. What has caused you from being able to see the cross clearly? What has caused you from being able to embrace the power of our Savior? What has caused you... To see the light just go dark because you put things in the way, stumbling blocks in your way, strongholds in your way. Church, watch closely. And today, we're going to break down and break through. I'm so tired. I may look fine. But if you could see all that I am carrying, you'd know that there is nothing fine about me. And my burdens are barriers. Pride, hate, envy, doubt, addiction, fear. I hardly even notice when they close off another part of my life. Just one more brick to add to the load I'm carrying. Weighing me down with every step I take. destruction in my life, but at the same time, I love them so much, I just can't escape their grip. I can hardly imagine what life would be like without them. This is pathetic, but I'm almost afraid to try. No, I've seen it time and time again. Every time I convince myself that there's nothing better for me, God shows up and shows me glorious possibilities of what could be. These incredible passionate visions of what life would be like if only... If only what? That's the big question. I don't know what needs to happen in order to grasp life to the fullest. It's like I can see it, and it's just barely out of reach. 
but there's this wall of of me that keeps getting in the way. badly to believe in that other life. No, not just believe. I want to live it. I just need to break through. I just want to escape. can say that we've had to deal with a lot of those same things that have been built up in our life that have hindered us from truly having an awesome relationship with Jesus Christ. We've allowed hate and anger and jealousy, and we've, we've allowed uh, the, the, the layers of brick and mortar to be built up to the place where we aren't even the person that God created us to be, because we've allowed sin to take residence and precedence in our life. This morning, if you would please turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. And hopefully you notice the verse that actually ended that video. And I want to read it for you today. And here's what it says. We are human, but we do not wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. It also says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. On the contrary... They have divine power to demolish strongholds. And if you have your Bible and you followed along with me, would you turn with me to the Gospel of Mark chapter 2? We'll be starting at the beginning of the chapter. This morning I want to talk to us about breakthroughs. But more importantly about having a spiritual breakthrough. And the video we just watched showed a young man facing the cross. But as he talked, a barrier was forming, a barrier of sin. You may not have been able to make out what some of those bricks read, so I will just remind you of what some of those said. Pride, lust, envy, addiction, arrogance, doubt, anger, hypocrisy, just to name a few. This morning we have been given the keys to a spiritual breakthrough. We don't have to, like that man, walk away. We don't have to stand and stare at the unsurmountable barrier that separates us from Almighty God. We've been given a kind of spiritual sledgehammer, 
a spiritual wrecking ball that will smash through those barriers and bring us to the cross. And I want to tell you about a story of a man who was the paralyzed man in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised, and it was heard that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door, and he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come in unto him, because of all of the people that were there, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, and let down the bed wherein the sick, the paralytic man, laid. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, your sins are forgiven you. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? Now, it's interesting because I want you to maybe put an arrow, take your highlighter, do whatever you need to. But I love what it says here because he says your sins are forgiven. And then they're looking at him as the onlookers and saying, wait a minute here. How can he forgive sins? He's speaking blasphemy. Verse 8. And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason you these things in your heart? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Your sins be forgiven you, or say, Arise and take up, go, get up, take up thy bed and walk, that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said, to the man who was paralyzed. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto you, arise, get up, take your bed and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he rose and took up the bed and went forth before them all and so much that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw it on this fashion. We never witnessed this before. We've never seen it before. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20, it's a story of David. David gets anointed, and all of a sudden David gets anointed. I'll go back to that story here in a little bit. David gets anointed, and the power and the spirit and the presence of God is upon David. Now, we realize that Saul lost his way. David, I mean, he reigned, I think it was 33 years or 30-some years as the king. But one thing that he had that, that many in leadership do not do, they don't seek the face of God. Now, if you're here today, I want to speak into you and say that in your position, in, in your relationship, seek God's power. Seek His wisdom. Seek the face of God. And all of a sudden, here David was, he was, he was betwixt, that's the King James Version, he was caught between two places. And even though he was caught between two places, what do I do? There was this place... That was called Belparazim. And at Belparazim, it means the God of the breakthroughs. All of a sudden, the men in his army said this because they stood together. Are you with me? Okay. And they stood together and they said, King David, what do we do? And he said, we need to take over that land. You know, there are idols in there. Sin has taken place. There needs to be a major breakthrough. So David got his men. But before he did... 
He went to God Almighty. And it says in 2 Samuel that God spoke to David and he said to David, go ahead, take that land for yourself. And we are going to call it the city of David. Now, hold on just a minute. As Christians... As children of the Most High God, you have the power to put aside all the old things, put aside all the old traits, put aside all the characteristics that the flesh has to manifest itself and remind us who we are. And when we go to God and say, God, deliver us, take down those bricks, those barriers that keep us from having that deep relationship and fellowship with you, God will remove them. But listen, church. Until you really believe it and, and say it, you'll never be able to, to feel a sense of relief, deliverance, and hope in our Savior. Oh, what, what are you saying, Pastor? Okay, people will say to me, yes, I, I love walking in the Spirit. I love walking in God. I love doing the things in the Lord. But church, you can do the same thing because when he went to the cross, he gave you the same power that he gave every man. To walk in the Spirit. And unfortunately, we don't walk in the Spirit. So David said, hey, I can't do this alone. I have to have you men. And he said, okay, hold on a minute. I need to go in here. I'll be right back. And he closes the door. He gets on his knees. He goes before God Almighty. And he says, what do you want me to do? God spoke to him and said, I want you to go around the back of the place. And you're going to take over this city. And it will be a reminder to the children of Israel that there is a major breakthrough. And if they'll just listen to the voice of Almighty God, then I'll start to deliver the land and I'll start blessing them. Really? I believe you. Up off his feet he goes. Steps outside the door. I don't think they had doors back there, so let's do this. The curtain. I don't know. They didn't have doors back in that day. But anyhow, so David then went back to his men and he said, listen, I spoke with God. They said, did you? And he said, yep, here's what we're going to do. We're taking over that land. There's going to be a major breakthrough. Do you guys believe me? They said, yes. They all clapped. They all clapped and believed it. Listen, church, when we stop believing, then God stops blessing. If we're going to have a major breakthrough, listen, and I want I, I just need to, to tell you this because I really believe that God wants all of us healed. Now, we don't go to the doctor, and this isn't even in my message, but I'm going with it, Lord. We go to the doctor, and the doctor says to us, young man, young lady, you have a kidney infection. You have a urinary tract infection. And all of a sudden, you look at the doctor, and you say, I know, I was kind of wondering because... I had to go to the bathroom quite a bit last night. I mean, like every five seconds. And he says, yes, that's probably because let's take some tests. So we get tests and we find out we have an illness. And all of a sudden they walk back in and they say, yes, this is what you have. And you go, come on, not really. Are you kidding me? That, really? You mean I'm sick? Oh, okay, Right. No, here's what you need to do. If you want to get over this, you need to take the Cipro. You need to make the, sure you take this antibiotic twice a day. And you may, need to make sure that you're going to get better. 
So we walk out of there. We go to the pharmacist. We hand them that slip or they call it in or whatever they do at your doctor's office. And then all of a sudden you get that prescription and you start taking it. You following me, church? Why is it we come to church and you listen to the word and we tell you this is what you've got to